There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com. Slash Hoffman, that's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural science-based and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and... We're answering your questions. Questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. And with me, Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence. And Layla, can you read me the next question, please? Sure. This is coming from Ryan. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I hope this message finds you and your families in continuing good health. Thank you, Ryan. Right back at you. I've been listening to your podcast since 2014. Thank you so much for the insights and expertise. Someone close to me has been a cigarette smoker for about 30 years. At age 51, he's been recently diagnosed as having pre-emphysema. This person has recently begun nicotine replacement using Nicorette gum. This person, as well as myself, supplement daily with high-dose vitamin C, kyolic, fish oil, magnesium, NAC, SAMe, CoQ10. Dr. Hoffman, I remember learning of your professional affiliation with chelation therapy. Do you believe oral daily EDTA supplementation could be helpful to combat pre-emphysema by removal of heavy metals from the body, like the cadmium right. you get from yeah. cigarette smoking? Well, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to have that big an impact, although I do recall one study, but you know, mm-hmm. I have to say it was a um, not a very carefully blinded <clears throat> Uh, study and there may have been some bias in that study because it was uh, written by one of the prominent chelation doctors, you know, who advocated chelation for virtually everything under the sun. And so the answer is, uh, you know, it's like chicken soup. It wouldn't height, <laughs> but is it going to be, you know, definitive, uh, you know. So, I mean, among the nutrients that may be helpful for this, are the antioxidant nutrients, the anti-inflammatory things like curcumin, like yes, fish oil, too, right? um, like mm-hmm. uh, N-acetylcysteine, mm-hmm. which is a source of glutathione, uh, those, right? you know, all, all those things. So, um, you know, for severe respiratory quotient, uh, respiratory uh, problems, there is this thing called the respiratory quotient, and you, you can describe yes. it. Later. But th- this is for, this is early emphysema. But for people who are like really huffing and puffing, yeah. can you explain how that yeah. works? Yeah, emphysema has to do with it's not so much it's hard to inhale, although that can be hard too. It's the exhale that's mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. The ex- the expelling of CO two. Right. What the respiratory quotient diet does, and it's a low carb diet, is what it is. Mm-hmm. 
when we eat a lot of carbs, our body makes a lot of CO2. Right. We have to exhale that CO2. Mm-hmm. The respiratory quotient diet is a low-carb diet so that your body will make less CO2 so it's less of a burden on your lungs. Mm-hmm. That is the whole rationale right. for following a low respiratory quotient diet. At what point in emphysema does that principle kick in? It ha- doesn't have to be pretty severe. I imagine. Yeah. I imagine. And we have a couple of patients who have very severe COPD yes. where that's applicable. I mean, in an ordinary patient with mild COPD, it's less applicable. Uh, the concern I have with that respiratory quotient diet mm-hmm. is to get enough calories into these patients because those patients are working really hard it's to like breathe. It's like they're metabolically in overdrive. Yes. yes. And it's not a thyroid it, thing. It's, it's a, just that they're... It's a catabolic condition. Yes. And so we don't want them to waste away mm-hmm. on a diet that's exceedingly low carb. Now, what they can do is they can get their calories from fats. But it's hard to get people to eat enough fats by preference and by aversion and by indoctrination that fats are bad for you. But, uh, you know, in principle, the respiratory quotient diet could be a tool. Now, not probably in this case, because this person has enough reserve that they are probably getting rid of their CO2 pretty well. Yeah, because it's pre-emphysema. Pre. We know that emphysema is, is a progressive yeah. Condition. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but these are all good supplements, yeah. I have to say. <clears throat> Vitamin C, kyolic, fish I mean, oil, an- magnesium, Another mac, thing, and th- again, this is kind of a little more cumbersome. You can't buy it over the counter, but if you can get a doctor to prescribe uh, inhaled glutathione for you, oh. uh, then you can actually get glutathione in your lung tissue, yeah. which could be really... But it has to be nebulized. You have many patients already have a nebulizer because the nebulized medication. Yeah. They can get a glutathione solution and they can put that into the nebulizer. Right. And we right. we've used that. Right. I remember uh, back in the eighties when my grandfather was still alive. He was healthy all of his life, but he smoked all of his life, so he died of emphysema. But I remember his nebulizer and the whole box and and yeah. the medicine and the this and he had to use this a couple of times a day and, wow. Yeah. Don't smoke, everybody. Yeah. It's terrible to watch his fingers turning blue. Yeah. Because he can't get enough air. Yeah. Anyway. So, Ryan, best of luck to your friend. Continued good health to you. Okay. Good point in which to pause because we want to allow our sponsors to share a vital message with you. So, here goes. Listen up, please. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to our questions. We have from Danny, uh, his question is about dopamine. 
There are dopamine-supportive supplements that use wild green oat extract instead of mucuna extract in the Protocol for Life um, supplements. Could you talk about the advantages, disadvantages of each? And your good friends from P Protocol for Life, scientist Mark <laughs> Neil Levin. Right. I almost said Mark Levin again. Oh my God, here we go. Yeah. Because um, we know a Mark Levin. Yes, yes, yes. I listened to Mark Levin. Neil, Neil Levin says that a patented extract of wild oats has been shown to support cognitive function. And one of its reported features is being like an MAOB inhibitor to support higher dopamine levels by suppressing an enzyme that degrades dopamine. Right. And by contrast... And, and this is actually yeah. a category yeah. of uh, older-fashioned antidepressants, the MAO inhibitors. Yeah, they were and, like the original. And there's kind of an interesting uh, nutritional sidelight on that, is that mm -hmm. because they so uh, effectively uh, inhibit MAO, that certain foods, you have to be careful on those medications. Tyramine. Because those foods food. uh, can cause... Mm -hmm. A kind of a storm of the, yeah. um, uh, you know, a hypertensive crisis, right? Uh, and a kind of a sympathetic nervous system yeah. overdrive. No more aged cheeses, yeasted foods, yeah. wine, things of that yeah. nature. But, maybe okay. yeah. But these, yeah. these natural things, they're they're milder in their effects. They're yeah. not going to be like yeah. drugs. So by contrast, the Macuna product supplies immediate precursor of dopamine, mm -hmm. dopa, so the body will right. be encouraged to make more. And so the, this product actually feeds the pathway that creates dopamine to ensure adequate amounts, while that particular wild oats extract reportedly interferes with the breakdown of already existing dopamine oh, okay. to better maintain dopamine levels. Hmm. Well, maybe they could be used yeah. in conjunction with one another. Yeah, and, and Neil says it, that it would be preferable to feed the pathway first to see if the body can correct dopamine by having access to adequate uh, precursors. It's kind of like, instead of taking glutathione, take an acetylcysteine Which is a precursor. so that your body can make more glutathione, mm -hmm. I suppose, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, no, this is this is good. Well, another, another yeah. an analogy is mm -hmm. with SSRIs. SSRIs prevent the breakdown of serotonin, but that's mm -hmm. a little bit the bathtub analogy. So what you do is, if you want to fill the bathtub, you can put a stopper in the bathtub, which is what an SSRI does. Yes. It prevents the breakdown mm -hmm. or the loss of serotonin. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is turn on the tap and allow more water to come in by feeding the precursors to serotonin, such as tryptophan, tryptophan. or 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. So, you know, there's you, you can sort of get at the problem of neurotransmitters two ways. One, to prevent their breakdown, mm -hmm. and the other to uh, introduce more building blocks. Right. And many people probably don't know this or don't realize that that 5-HTP, that L-tryptophan, turning into serotonin, then serotonin as it's moving through uh, the nerve cells, eventually becomes melatonin. That's why a side effect of taking an SSRI is insomnia. Oh, okay. That serotonin is hanging out in the gap, so to speak, and not allowed by it, its pathway to become melatonin. Hmm. I thought it was so I thought it was dopamine that went to yeah. melatonin. It may, but yeah. serotonin definitely goes okay. to melatonin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's, it's like a side effect of uh, antidepressants. But hey, you could be feeling so good that maybe you don't feel like you need much sleep. So I right. don't know. And I don't it, know. so, I mean, what, what, how do you know that you don't have enough dopamine? Well, you know, lack of motivation, lack of sex drive, uh, lack of initiative. Uh, this is a sign of uh, low dopamine status. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I know that I have enough dopamine when I start uh, looking in, you know, I stop window shopping and I start thinking of like buying stuff. That's my, my dopamine it's rush. It's the fix. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Nothing like retail therapy. The, right. Yeah. The fix. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. And for serotonin, serotonin is all about <clears throat> feeling confident, all is right with the world. You're not fearful. You're not anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that. Okay. Thank you, Danny, for that question. This comes from Bill. What is primarily the better olive oil to use? As I am concerned with olive oil with nothing added to it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's very tough because there's, you know, you go to a store and there's like a million bottles of olive oil and the price range is, is incredible. It's like you can get olive oil for $9.99 or you can have olive oil for like $50 a bottle. And then you look at the labels, and the labels are fantastic. It's like, for me, it's a little like buying wine. It's like, I don't know from wine. Some of my friends are, you know, terrific uh, wine connoisseurs. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I kind of go, uh, you know, 18 bucks. That's a middle price point, 22 bucks, you know, and then that's a pretty picture. Yeah. So, yeah. similarly with, with uh, you can't tell from the bottle. No. So what I do is I re- I rely on a kind of a uh, olive oil sommelier, uh, myfavoriteoliveoil.com. Myfavoriteoliveoil.com. Yeah, I okay. subscribe to that. Yeah. And I get, I get, so this guy, like he's traveling all over the world and it varies. You know, it could be like Sicilian olive oil is the best. Like, well, no, this here it's not because they had a blight or they had some weather conditions. Now it's where Greek it's, olive oil. Then it's, or... Yeah. It's Chilean olive oil, which is like oh. an entirely different, you know, because yeah. the, the seasons vary. It's like a different varietal. Freshness is, is a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to get your olive oil in, um, you know, January or something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe you want to get the, the Chilean harvest, right, you know, right. uh, because it's coming from the Southern Hemisphere. So anyway, so he traveled all over the world, blah, blah, blah. And he's the, you know, he's the connoisseur of olive oil. So... He, he, he doesn't so much rate it for, for nutritional value, uh, looking at uh, a scientific assay of how much oleoropein and how much um, hydroxytyrosol. For, for quality, freshness. And taste. And taste. And taste is often a signature of the content of these healthy materials. Right. And color is a little bit... But then there are these olive oils that are very dense and very green, and you think, oh, these are these are really the authentic. It's like the whole wheat bread of olive oil. Yeah. It's not necessarily the case because they may actually do that in an effort to market the olive oil sure. to make it look more authentic. Yeah. You know? Yep. So it, it should be translucent, but it should have a little bit of color, it should have an aroma, it should have a little bit of a bite. Yes. Because the bite a is the, heat in the back of your throat. These bitter compounds yeah. that nature has made their polyphenols are mostly mm-hmm. uh, hit our bitter taste receptors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I it's above my pay grade. It's kinda like Yeah. Is the question is a little like, you know, how do I invest in the stock market? <sighs> you know, uh, you 
Find a fee-only financial no. advisor. Well, yeah, you know, but find someone who has yeah. hopefully some expertise. Read a random walk down Wall Street. Some expertise. Know, all kinds of things. Who's yeah. not on the take from you know one yeah. or another company and is a little bit ex parte. Yes. Uh, you know, is not necessarily cut some deal to right. uh, promote uh, one big brand. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of counterfeiting out there. That's true. Uh, there's also stuff that languishes on the shelves. It's not so, fresh. Exactly. You know, so it doesn't or move. They've been hanging out in sunlight too long. Yeah. You know, outside in front of the store or in their window being advertised. All that sunlight don't, every day. Don't get. I don't your, want that bottle. Don't get the Costco like the five gallon. You know, container. Oh my, yeah. Because you know, it's great. It's economical. That won't fit in your fridge. But, you know, we're supposed to keep olive oil in the fridge. Well. I don't. I keep it in a cooler, dark place. But in summer, I will tend to put it in the fridge. Well, it, it doesn't pour then. So I know. I, you have to take it out. I take it out. You have to plan. I, right. It's like, oh, no, I made salad, but the olive so, oil is still saturated. The open bottles, yeah. I, I go through fairly quickly. So I yes. can keep them. And I don't have very large bottles. So, you know, right. moderately sized. Uh, but I use a lot. Yeah. And I, Me too. I routinely make a salad at least once a day with a lot of fresh artisanal olive oil. Yes. And then I use it various times for cooking, but I vary in my oils for cooking. I'll use, so for example, uh, I'll use peanut oil uh, sometimes if I'm uh, using a high temperature yeah. uh, cooking high temperature, process that yeah. lends itself to peanut oil. Uh, I'll use uh, ghee a lot Yes. Uh, when making omelets, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but sometimes olive oil. Yeah. And um, so... Yeah, I wish, yeah. I, was, I wish there was like a you know a pat answer to that. Myfavoriteoliveoil.com. Yeah. Right? Okay. Thanks, Bill. Okay. We have an email from Jean about vitamin K2. Over the years, I've heard you mention the benefits of MK7, which is vitamin K2, and I've read many articles with similar information. I've been taking it for years as well. Recently, an ad from Life Extension popped into my Facebook feed that touted MK4. And a few days later, I saw an ad from another company for Full Spectrum K2 that has both MK4 and the K2. It's the vitamin K wars. It's the vitamin... It's (laughs) actually a matrix. I'm uh, just wondering what this is about. New research... Is a cheap source of MK4? Are there different Are there different forms? MK Vitamin K is a matrix, first of all. But I read I read this about a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. This was coming into play about oh no, you really want MK4 because that's the thing that makes MK7 in the body it's or like coenzyme Q10 and, exactly, and ubiquinol, exactly. right? Right. But MK4 that conversion is supposed to happen in your body naturally. Fairly so, readily. Exactly. Right. So you're not supposed to be taking the MK4. Right. You can. Or it's not necessary. So is, is it fair to say it's sort of a premium form of vitamin K that just uh, has the aura of uh, added value? Not, not premium, no. No? No. It's kind of uh, in kind of uh, the process of the conversion. Okay. So it's like, let's take the whole right. road right. of that vitamin K conversion right. Although in a lot of supplements, we will see, see some MK4. Okay. Not a whole lot. We'll see a lot of K1, right. which we tend to get from dark leafy greens right. and things oh, like that. I have some good news. Mm. Uh, for mm. a while, Protocol, which is one of our sponsors, uh, they had 
you, you couldn't get their their vitamin K. Oh, it's back. Yes, it's back. MK seven back on full script. Yay! Yeah, finally. But apparently, the, I think because of COVID, there was some sort of production or supply chain problem. Yeah, and they probably a lot down. of companies couldn't get couldn't source the MK seven ingredient. Yeah. Now it's back. It's back. So glad to see it back. Yeah. So we uh, got a handful of I, patients waiting for it. I, you know, we we use it for patients with cardiovascular disease. We use it for patients with osteoporosis. Yes. It is a dual mm -hmm. uh, benefit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very very important. So yeah, Gene, I wouldn't put a lot into the MK4. What is critical is K2, mm -hmm. which is MK7. Okay. Ultimately. Okay. Ultimately. And but, just to, just to clarify, yeah. those are subtypes of K2. Yes. Now K1, you know, you can find vitamin K. You can get from fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. That is a good vitamin. Yeah. But it doesn't have the bone and cardiovascular exactly, benefits. Exactly. Exactly. I like to call K1 kind of the wallpaper. Right. And then the rest of the vitamin, you know, the rest of the important furniture in the room is the right. K2 and the. And a lot of the K2 is from fermented foods like aged cheese or natto. Natto, yes. Yep. Yeah. Which is not a favorite among Westerners, no. but is a big. It's yeah. a big hit in Japan. Right. But, but K2 from cheese. Soybean fermented and, soybeans and from meat. K2 is there too. Oh, it's in meat. And okay. Meat mm -hmm. And cheese. So. Okay. Okay. We have one from Marianne. Dr. Hoffman, are we going to have herd immunity by April? Oh, what a great question. Well, okay, so that is on the heels of a very controversial article uh, by uh, Dr. Marty McCary, uh, mm -hmm. who is from Johns Hopkins University that appeared as an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And it was very heartening to read that because, and what he said was, A, there's undercounting of who has had it, mm -hmm. because not everybody who's had it has been tested and has been counted. Uh, B, the antibody test is not entirely predictive of whether you have some degree of immunity, mm -hmm. that there may be some less measurable um, parts of the immune system, less yeah. accessible to measurement, that can confer some degree of immunity, i.e. T-cell immunity, which has been much talked about but is yeah. not really been that well characterized in the population. Uh, it may even, T-cell immunity may even have been acquired in relationship to previous coronaviruses that cause minor infections like the cold. So there may be some cross-reactivity, number two. So number three, a lot of people are, are uh, getting vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And so the prospect is that even though, formally speaking, when they talk about herd immunity, they say, 70 to 80% of people have to get vaccinated for us to get herd immunity. Well, he's pointing out that it is not all about the vaccines, that there may be some background herd immunity that's developing. Mm -hmm. And that we may see, and it's also not a, it's not a binary thing. It's like either you have herd immunity or you don't have herd immunity. It's like it's degrees of resistance. Yeah. And that's why he sees that there, he says that there'll be a downward trend. So what's very interesting in relationship to that article is if you look for that article on Facebook now, uh -huh. you'll see like a warning. Oh. And when I see a warning, I go, oh my God, I can't click on this because my computer's going to get all screwed up. Maybe right. somebody's going to hold my computer for It's like a warning. <laughs> and then you okay. get a series, uh, you're directed to, uh, and the Wall Street Journal editorialized on this, uh, you're directed to some websites prepared by what they say are left-leaning progressive 
people、mm-hmm. who are pro lockdown <clears throat> in their ideology,、yeah. and come to it with a bias towards, shall we say, prudence.、Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and、uh, what that so. Now I don't know if McCary is right. Yeah. I mean, it just—he's just putting it out there, and it's a controversial opinion, and he's a little bit of an outlier、mm-hmm. among the health establishment because the health establishment is very、uh, risk averse and is very has a bit of a negative bias. And you know, as doctors,、yeah. we want to eradicate disease. Sure. But we, you know, doctors are not politicians or economists. You know, they're not. Looking at the societal、uh, big picture, so anyway, so there, there's controversy over whether we'll reach herd immunity. I agree, and maybe、yeah. McCary is off base. Maybe it's an over. Maybe some new variants will emerge, and you know we'll have a a bad、uh, fall and winter、uh, because it will evade the vaccine.、Uh, maybe Then there be- will never be herd immunity because、right. there will always be new variants. Right. So everybody stay home forever. Right. I mean, th- that's that's, that's sort of the, the inescapable conclusion、yeah. of people who are arguing against progress against. I mean, look, I think everybody has to acknowledge this progress against COVID, but、um, the so the answer is we don't know. But、mm-hmm. I predict that things will get better. Things will not be a hundred percent better. People will、uh, argue and manipulate statistics to their.、Uh, To favorite hot, to make their point, yeah. You know, some people who are saying, you know, let's get back to normal. Enough of this nonsense, and a lot of people saying, you know, no, we need to maintain caution for a long time.、Um, it, you know, I don't think the picture will be the picture will be murky、yeah. this year. Yeah.、Um, and we're it's a it's an experiment in progress. I mean,、yes. we'll see what happens when the mask mandates are removed. When people inevitably will start to move out and about, travel more.、Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way,、um, the travel industry has kind of pushed back against some of these negative prognostications because they're anxious to get back going. Oh sure,、uh, they, they're mean, hurting. They're saying that、uh, even people who are vaccinated, you don't have to be cautious about travel. Well, the travel industry is saying, "No, wait a minute. You get a vaccine, you know, you wear a mask, get on a plane, and resume your normal, you know." Yeah.、Uh, Resume your normal life.、Uh, so there, there's controversy、uh, even among different factions within the government. Sure.、Um, but the concern is that social media is acting as a referee in this argument in a way that is prejudicial to people like、yes. Marty McCary, who's I think a responsible spokesperson. First of all, he's not anti-vaccine. He's saying、mm-hmm. everybody got it. You know, go get the vaccine. He's not saying wacky things. Right.、Um, But I think there's cause for optimism, and you know, with the advent of possibly new medications, better treatments, yeah,、uh, that's part of it. And then also, let's get the nutrition perspective going on this. Let's get you know, let's deal with obesity and insulin resistance, and let's get our populace healthier. And let's get them、yeah. to take vitamin D and zinc, and at the very least,、um, yeah, you know, then I think we can see some progress on this. Sure, sure. But is, I mean, is it is it you know? Or are we going to completely forget about it? I probably not. Yeah, it'll be in the history books. Oh yeah. Yes. Big time. Yes. Big time. This great reset or this great awakening. Hopefully, it's the latter. 
Yeah. Mm. Hopefully. All right. On that note, yes. we're running out of time. So oh let's remind our listeners, radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. And we appreciate your question. We still have a couple of mailbag. We'll get around oh, to them yeah. next week. Okay, yes. great. Thank you, Layla. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks, everybody. All right. Enjoy the uh, thaw as we uh, move Yay. towards uh, balmier temperatures. Although I think a little bit of snow in the forecast up here in the know. northeast. That's weird. We'll see. It's, it's, only Mar- Mar- it's, it's March. Only March. March is a crazy month. It is. Yeah. Comes in like a lion, out like a lamb. Let's see. I feel a whipsawed, emotionally <laughs> whipsawed, you know. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, sign off for today. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.